Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Well, today we're turning a little bit of a corner. I got some good news. We got some practical tips on how to be emotionally healthy, how to sustain emotional health with the Spirit of God. So I want to ask you a question today. You can just answer this in your heart, in your mind. The question is this. How many of you feel like you you are working harder, but you're not getting the results that you want? You're working harder, And you're not producing the fruit that you want. So what do you do? You just keep working harder. You keep going at it. And yet you find yourself just sort of like, why isn't this working? Why do I not feel like a healthy person? Why am I not getting the results that I want? Well, today we're going to look at John chapter 15 because there's a reason why that's happening for you. There's a reason why you feel like you're kind of withering, why it feels like you're just continuing to get tired and wither away. And in John 15, it talks about this beautiful metaphor that I think is really going to set us up for today. So uh, verse 5 starts with this. I am the vine. Jesus is talking. Okay, this is Jesus. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples." This scripture tells us something that I want us to catch today. What it tells us is that we were made by God with a specific design in mind. And the way that we operate our design is like branches to a vine. We are supposed to be connected to Jesus. When we are not connected to the vine, we are not operating by our design. And so things begin to diminish, and we begin to be tired, and we begin to experience emotional unhealth, spiritual unhealth, and we kind of wonder what is going on. And God designed us in a specific way so that we could thrive. So every Christmas, I really spend some time thinking about what to get my children presents that I think they're going to love, things that might help their growth and development, you know. And, and so I, I think of these presents, and they're, they're gifts that are designed for little humans, okay? Little children about two to six years old, you know, about anywhere between like 15 to 30 pounds-ish, okay? And so every year I buy these Christmas gifts. I'm so excited for my kids to use them. And every year my husband decides to play with them. So I want you to see a couple of these situations that happened. We're going to put this video up. There he is. Mr. Santa riding a little pink, like, bike thing, okay? There's another one. Standing up on this little twirly thing. Twirling the sun, not the actual toy, if you, if you didn't see that, right? Okay, so this is what I mean. Okay, there we go. This is what I mean. These toys were not designed for a giant man-child to play with. 
So every time he plays with these toys, what starts to happen? They break, they malfunction. I'm like, babe, can you not break the kids' toys before Christmas Day? Before they open them? Please stop playing with them. Because they were not designed for his weight. No offense. For his, you know, just, it's just not designed for an adult person. And what happens? We begin, those toys begin to malfunction. So do we. When we do not operate according to the design that God created us, we begin to malfunction. And I think that's really some of what is happening with our emotional unhealth. And we're talking this whole series about how you cannot be spiritually healthy if you are emotionally unhealthy. So how does this happen? How are we becoming this disconnected to the vine? How are we becoming malfunctioned people in this world? Well, we're always in a hurry. I don't know about you, but this is something I really struggle with. We're always in a hurry. We're always going from one thing to the next. We're constantly distracted. Some of you, even through a church service, are like thinking about a million different things. We're trying to stay focused. We're constantly distracted. We just squeeze God into the little margins of our life. Can't quite figure out why our life with God isn't thriving. We're just squeezing him in here and there, right? And we're constantly just looking at screens. We're leaning on other people's spirituality to just sort of help our spirituality. And we're malfunctioning because this is not how we were designed. And so what happens when, when we begin to, that branch begins to break away from that vine? Well, some of us in this room, we're experiencing that we're depressed, we're tired, we're exhausted, we're sick, we're burnt out, we're emotionally wrecked, we're, we're, we're leaning into other things, different sides of politics, in the name of supporting somebody, we bash somebody else, because we're just, we don't know who we are. We're just constantly getting further and further away from that vine and further and further away from our design. And the way that God created us to be. There's something called breakneck speed. Everybody say breakneck speed. Okay, this is what it is. I read about this this week. The pace of life is speeding up to make us feel trapped in a time crunch. We can try to sustain living at breakneck speed, but sooner or later, physically, mentally, and or emotionally, we fall apart. Our bodies and minds weren't meant to endure continual stress. Blood pressure spikes and eventually remains at an elevated level. Hearts wear out. We become irritable and easily angered and we get upset, sometimes to the point of weeping from frustration and exhaustion. Anybody been there? There's a study done at Charleston University School of Business of 20,000 people. And they identified that busyness is the major distraction of people's life with God. It may be the cause that, number one, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, which leads to, number two, God becoming more marginalized in Christians' life, which leads to, three, a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to, four, Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how we live, which leads to, five, more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload. And then the cycle begins again. We are completely ignoring how we were designed. And we are malfunctioning. And many of us are struggling with our emotional health. Yes, we talked about how important it is to go back in order to move forward. We got to deal with some stuff and some pain in our childhood. And there's some of that inside stuff. But there are also exterior things. The way the culture is moving us to continue to hurry and to move and go and go and go that are also causing our emotional unhealth. Are you guys getting this? 
And so we're not operating according to the way God designed us. So today, I want to talk about two ancient rhythms that I believe that we can incorporate into our lives, practical things that I think will help us operate according to the way God designed us to operate and will in turn bring us to emotional and spiritual health. In verse 5, look at this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we stay actually connected to God? How do we stay connected to this vine? Well, I want to introduce you. The the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, talks about this. I want to introduce you to the daily office. Everybody say the daily office. The daily office. Now, this is not the office that you go to every morning. Or the living room office that you go to every morning. This is called the daily office. Now, I'm going to explain this to you. When I was growing up, uh, I was in church. And a lot of people just encouraged me and disciple me to have a time with God in the morning. Get up early. Set aside some time to get up with God in the morning. And it's, it's actually really good advice. If you do this, I think it's awesome. But what happened for me is you get up early. You spend time with God. And that, like, devotion, that time with God was supposed to last me all the way through the day. And I don't know about you, but by lunchtime, I have been so busy, I have thought of a million other things that I have no idea what I talked about or what I prayed or what that devotion was even about. And so by the end of the day, it hasn't really lasted me. So what is up with that? Well, I want to tell you a story. Uh, some of you have heard this story before. I, I, this is just so crazy. A couple of years ago, Pastor Pradeep and I were on a date night. We're driving in Bell Square. We decide to park our car. Actually, it was the Jennings car we were driving. And we decide to park, and I'm driving. And I'm, like, trying to park in one of those, like, uh, spaces that just, like, you turn the corner, and it's right there. You know what I mean? So it's, like, hard to get into. So I'm backing out, doing this, backing out, doing this over and over again. Well, there's this guy in this car that comes around the corner. He had space to go around, but for some reason he didn't want to go around. He was really ticked off that we hadn't parked yet. So I told Pradeepin, can you get out and make sure I don't hit this? guy because he's like parked really close up against us so Pradeepin gets out of the car and he's you know he's standing behind the car and he's saying come here this way go this way Amrita blah 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 and park and I kid you not this guy gets so mad that uh that we had not parked he's so angry he's so impatient that he hits Pradeepin with his car I look in my rear view mirror and I see Pradeepin go down on the ground and I was like oh my gosh and thankfully he was okay he jumped right back up but you guys you know these moments, you either are a person that's, that's going to fight or flight. Well, I didn't know this, but apparently I'm a fighter. <laughs> and I got out of the car, and my Christianity left. My devotions were gone from the morning. Everything about Jesus was gone. I don't, I don't know what happened. I got out of the car. I kid you not. I'm standing in front of a six-foot-something other man, bald guy, and I'm like... Did you just hit my husband with your car? I mean, I'm just like freaking out. Later, Pretty was like, Omrita, did you think that that was going to escalate or de-escalate this situation? I was like, babe, I don't know. Something came over me. But you see what I mean? Sometimes it just doesn't always last. We were designed to not just connect with God one moment in the day, but many moments of the day. And we need to connect with him multiple times, two, three, four times a day. The daily office, okay, comes from the Latin word opus, which means work. 
And what happens is back in the day, they would make sure that nothing came in place of this work. It was the constant priority to spend time with God multiple times a day. Practicing the daily office means this. It means pausing for two, three, four times a day. And don't freak out. You don't have to do 45 minutes every time you do this. But maybe for you, it's just a two minutes, it's five minutes, it's 10 minutes a day, whatever it is, multiple times a day where you, you stop and you pause. You think about God. You consider the fact that I, I was not made to just look at a screen all day and think about all these other things without at least stopping for a minute and considering Jesus. The word of God says that he will never leave us or forsake us. Do you realize that he is with you every moment of the day? And if he's with us every moment of the day, then that means most of us are just ignoring him the whole time. Right? I don't want to ignore Jesus the whole day. He's with me all day, and I'm like doing this other thing all day. But God designed us to connect with him multiple times a day. Think about how many times Jesus woke up early or left the disciples or left late at night to go pray to God. If Jesus needed to do that, the guy that was fully man, fully God, how much more do we need to connect with God over and over again multiple times a day? Now, I want to tell you something really interesting that I studied. The, the author of this book, Peter Scazzaro, he spent some time with uh, the Trappist monks. I had never heard of this before. Trappist monks, uh, are, uh, uh, um, they are a uh, order, a Catholic, a Roman Catholic order, a contemplative order that, go, that dates way back into history. And I want to tell you a little bit about what these monks do. Okay, I know all of us have different ideas of what monks are. But this is what the Trappist monks do. A Trappist monk seeks to let go of daily distractions to free the mind and heart from deep contemplation of God. After activities and attire are simple and humble. Our activities and attire are simple and humble. Our grounds are profoundly silent, save for purposeful speech, quiet chant, and the sounds of nature. We are lovers of place and find blessings in union with and stewardship of creation. We maintain uh, decided degrees of separation from the outside world so that we may continually renew ourselves and the world through prayer. The Trappist experience balances the spiritual, intellectual, and physical with a life of steady rhythms. Days are punctuated with frequent prayer and worship, the study of sacred texts, and simple, honest work that sustains our earthly mission. Each activity enriches the other, keeping our hands, hearts, and minds fully alive so that we are always ready to listen and respond to God's call. Isn't that a different life? Do you guys want to see a picture of these monks? I have a picture for you, a couple of pictures. There they are. These uh, Trappist monks, this is how they live. I just read about it. And uh, there's another one right there. Every day is like this. What they do is they actually include in their life four elements. Prayer, work, study, and rest. Most of us include in our lives work, 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 work. We're not including prayer, study, contemplation, a moment of rest, a pause, multiple pauses in the day. We see in the scripture that David prayed seven times. Daniel prayed three times a day. Now listen, I don't want you to make this like a legalistic thing. That is not the point. The point is to begin to stay connected to the vine all throughout our day and all throughout our week. And so some of you are like, okay, but what am I really going to say to God the whole time I'm pausing? What do I really do in that time? Well, I got practical steps for you. I got four little steps right here. Number one, you're just going to stop. 
pause to be with the living God. Psalm 37, be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Number two, center, focus on God. Be still and know that I am God. Number three, silence, quieting every inner and outer voice to attend to God. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. And number four, scripture. Meditate on scripture. Pay attention to what God is doing inside of you. Psalm 119.11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know that these four steps, again, they don't have to take 45 minutes every time. You can do these steps in two minutes just to pause and to be with God. And you may be saying, okay, but I still don't know, like, what do I pray? Am I always praying different things? What does that look like? Well, it's something that Pastor Prettyfoot and I began to incorporate into our life a couple of years ago is liturgical prayers. And what that is, is they're actually written prayers. They're ancient written prayers. And you say, well, Amrita, how can reading a liturgical prayer be authentic and genuine? Well, you read it and pray it authentically and genuinely. And it's really, really beautiful. And there are times that we pray just from our hearts. I believe in that too. Where you pray and you tell God, this is what's going on. And this is the pain I'm experiencing. And I need you to touch my friend or whatever. We pray these authentic prayers to God. But liturgical prayers are something that are so great because you don't quite have to come up with it all the time. Some of us have a hard time doing that. So Pastor Pradeep and I, we began to incorporate some, uh, incorporate some liturgical prayers into our daily office. And it's really cool. Do you know what the most famous liturgical prayer is? It's the Lord's Prayer. It's the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught the disciples how to. This is how to pray. So we're going to do this all together, okay? We're going to pause. Okay, can everybody just take a deep breath? Yes, let's pause. Now we're going to read Matthew 6, 10 all together. Let's do this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's not weird, right? That's powerful. Even if you just pause for a moment, you read the Lord's Prayer. There's a book of prayers. We can give it to you. You can read and you can contemplate even just for a couple of minutes throughout your day. Think about the person that you text or you call all throughout the day. Everybody has that person, right? Like it's your mom or your sister or whoever it is. Pastor Pradeepan and I, we text each other mostly throughout the day. We FaceTime each other sometimes. Mostly it's about work. Mostly it's about the kids. Mostly it's about the car or whatever. But we are connected all the time. Now imagine if Pradeepan said, Amrita, I will not talk to you outside of just our date morning where we just have this time to be together. I'm not going to talk to you outside of that. I would be so mad at him. I would be like, talk to me, man, because we are connected. We want to do life together. God wants to do life with you. He doesn't want to do life with you just early in the morning or late at night. He wants to live and be living and breathing in your life. And if you do that, you will say, I am connected to the vine. I am experiencing a level of health emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually. This would really, truly radicalize our world and our lives if we stay connected. This is how we were made to be. Today, a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together, accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it is difficult not just to think about God or to pray, but to simply to have any interior depth whatsoever. 
We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. I want you to think about the daily office like this. The daily office where you pause two, three, four times a day, it's not about what you can get from God. It's about being with God. So many of us have a relationship with God. We're always getting. We're always asking. This, when you stop and you, you say the Lord's Prayer, you pause, I want you to think about, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to be with God. I think sometimes what happens when we stop and we're always trying to get something, it takes longer, we get frustrated, and our prayer life just kind of stinks, right? But if we pause and we say, God, this moment of the daily office, I, I just, I just want to be with you. For some of you, you just need to quiet your heart, quiet your mind, and be with him. He is with you. So I want to challenge you, our church, I want to challenge you for one month to practice the daily office. Who's with me? You'll stop two, three, four times a day. You'll pause. And just to be with God, to recognize he wants to be with you. So we're going to try this for a month. And I want to hear what God is going to do in your life and how you begin to say, I was malfunctioning, but now I feel like I am operating the way God designed. Amen? Okay, number two, the second rhythm that I believe God wants us to uphold. We preached a little bit about this before. Number two, honor the Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. Now, this is an ancient rhythm that goes way back to creation. Look at this in Genesis 2, verse 1. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. Do you realize that God didn't need a break? But he took a break to be the example, to model for us. He was like, I'm going to create these people who need a day of rest, who don't just need a daily time and rhythm with me, but who also need a weekly rhythm with me. Do you see that? From the creation of the world, he had this in mind. Most of us, we struggle to rest and to stop for a day of work. Our culture, we just go from one thing to the next. We celebrate 60 to 80 hour work weeks. We think we're awesome if we do that. I don't think it's very awesome because it's not how God designed us to operate. Peter Scazzaro says this, many of us are overscheduled, tense, addicted to hurry, frantic, preoccupied, fatigued, and starved for time, cramming as much as possible into our to-do list. We battle life to make the best use of every spare minute we have. Our overproductivity becomes counterproductive. I want to show you this picture. This about sums it up. Some of us are just trying to balance work, pandemic, snow days, taking care. Look at this guy. I mean, he's just trying to balance it. He's about to fall in a hole. This is how some of us feel. And so we have to begin to recognize that we're operating against our design. There is actually something that mental health professionals are calling hurry sickness, okay? I have suffered from hurry sickness. And there are different uh, attributes, there are different symptoms that tell you if you have hurry sickness. I'm going to put these symptoms on the screen. And you need to go through and think about if you have hurry sickness, okay? Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism or just nonstop activity, emotional numbness. 
out-of-order priorities, everything is urgent. Escapist behaviors, eating, over-drinking, binging shows, ignoring spiritual disciplines, and isolations. I think most of us can see ourselves somewhere on this screen. We suffer from hurry sickness. We were not designed to suffer from hurry sickness. God has a better design for us. So what is the Sabbath? Isaiah 58 says this. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. And speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do. And on that day, and, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Now, the Hebrew word for Sabbath is called Shabbat, okay? Shabbat means to cease from the routine that you are normally in. If your Sabbath day looks like all of the, others day, all the other days, you are violating the Sabbath. It is a day of distinction. It needs to be a different kind of day. So as we look at this, some of us, we go into Sabbath, and we're like, I'm going to do laundry and the dishes, and I'm going to make sure that the house is clean and all of this stuff. Listen, that's a secular Sabbath. That's not a day that, that is set aside. It's a different kind of day. You know that, that uh, the Jewish people, they would start their Sabbath on Friday night. They made this big meal. They would celebrate. They would sing. They would laugh. They would even be together. Do you know you don't have to be alone to rest and be on Sabbath? You can be with people. You can enjoy your time together. And they would Sabbath all the way through the next Saturday night. Can I encourage you, those of you that maybe have families or with your spouse or even if you're with friends or you're by yourself, would you stop? Would you start? Maybe it's a, it's a Friday night that you start. You make a special meal or you order in because you're Sabbathing, you know? And you bring it in and you, and you rest and you spend some time. It's a distinctive day where you rest. You spend some time. This is what God wants for me today. It's not about what I want for me today. It's about what God wants for me today. I remember, uh, so Pastor Friedman and I, we actually, on Friday mornings is our Sabbath. Our Sabbath has changed over time with kids and different things like that. And Friday mornings, we take our kids to school, and then we go out to breakfast. And that's how we start our Sabbath. And food is very important. Eggs Benedict is very important on our Sabbath. Every Friday morning. I mean, we are, like, addicted, right, to Eggs Benedict. Like, I don't even want to know how to make it because I just want to get it all the time and eat it. And uh, this is how we start. And so what happens is we spend the morning together. Then we kind of got to split apart because we got to, you know, run and get our kids again. But we spend the afternoon then on Sabbath. And uh, Pastor Pradeepan asked me a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, he said, Amrita, what are you going to do this afternoon for the rest of Sabbath? And I said, oh, honey, you know what? I'm actually really behind. I got this conference I'm speaking at. speaking on Sunday. I got to make sure I got my, my act together, you know. And I, I was, like, wanting to violate the Sabbath, you know. My husband was like, Amrita. Will you, I love this question, will you trust God to do more with six days than what you can do with seven? And I stopped, and it convicted me because I was like, you know, we think that on that seventh day, if we just work and get caught up, do we ever really get caught up? No. But, you know, I stopped, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it, and I, I rested. I didn't do laundry. The laundry's high, okay? Like, we got to do it, but not on Sabbath. And I rested, and it's true. God did more. His grace has carried me more in times when I take that rest and I take that weekly rhythm than if I don't. I am happier. I am nicer to my family. There is, 
There is so much benefit to operate the way that God designed us. Remain in me, Jesus says. Stay connected to the vine. Stop being disconnected and withering away. So as we look at this, we have to understand that every seventh day, we need to stop for 24 hours. And we need to delight in God. We need to delight in his creation. We need to delight in his food. We need to delight in our kids. We just need to delight. I have been through times in my life where I just complain about everything. I'm not just delighting in anything, but on Sabbath, I remember. I'm going to stop. Stop hurrying. Quiet your mind. Quiet. And, and delight in who God really is. Amen? You know, some of us are like, my kids are too little for this. There's no way that we could actually pull off a Sabbath. Some of us are like, you know, like my boss will not let me off. I'm always on call. I can't do this. Can I tell you something? Your children aren't going to remember how much money you make and how, how productive you were, but they will remember how they felt in your house. And did you have a day of distinction in your home? I want my kids to know that we weren't just constantly in the rat race of life, even for the sake of ministry, even for the sake of the gospel. Come on. Some of us preachers are the worst about this. I want my kids to know that there's a day of distinction, that they were designed to operate in a daily and weekly rhythm where they would thrive with God because he is the most important thing in our lives. You know, I think it's really interesting. Honoring the Sabbath was not just a suggestion. It was actually one of the Ten Commandments. How many of you knew that? Okay. This is a command. Exodus 20 Verse 8, it was the fourth command. It says this, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male, your female servants, your livestock, and your foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. You guys realize that this commandment comes before thou shalt not murder or commit adultery? That's how important it was. Do you know why? Because God created us for this. He designed us to not be malfunctioning humans all day. And so we need to take seriously this daily and this weekly rhythm. You know, I, I have noticed that we've got to make sure that we're not just constantly thinking about what we are, but whose we are. We belong to God first. We don't belong to our jobs. Some of you feel chained to your jobs and chained to the things that are going on in your mind. You have no other purpose outside of productivity. But we were made to be with God you know, I, 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 I also have encountered people, and I've done this before, where I've, I've, some of us, we honor the Sabbath, we honor, honor the daily office, but we're still emotionally unhealthy people. How does that happen? Why is that happening? You know, well, first of all, this is not the end-all, be-all of all of our emotionally healthy solutions, okay, right? We've been preaching about this for a few weeks. The other reason is this, I believe. The daily office and the, the weekly rhythm of the Sabbath is not just about us. It's not just about us resting. This is for God. Look at this scripture. Look at verse 8. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. When we walk around as Christians being unhealthy, emotionally people, 
we are not bringing glory to God. We are not operating as his disciples. I love this. It brings glory to God when we operate the way that he designed us, when we operate and follow the ways of Jesus. So we got to stop looking at this like this is all for me. No, it's, it's a relationship with God. It's about whose we are and whose we belong to and what we believe about who he is. I want to close with this story this morning. I was thinking about who in my life do I know is uh, someone who remains with God, who remains with his spirit, and what kind of fruit do they produce? I was just thinking about this. And I was thinking about my old boss. She's a mentor of mine. She's somebody that I look up to so much. I respect her so much. And she is the person that came to my mind. When I thought about somebody who remains with God, I want you to think about somebody in your life. Let's make this real. Who's somebody in your life that remains with God? And, and you can tell because of the fruit that they produce. So my boss, she works in Southeast Asia. She's over there right now. She's my former boss. I remember one time I was with her in Cambodia. We were crossing the border from, from, Cam- from Thailand to Cambodia by foot. And all of us were like just trying to get all of our luggage and everything like across the border. We're trying to, you know, walk across the border, all this stuff. And uh, uh, they have these uh, people that would push these carts. You put all your luggage in these carts, and they would push these carts across the border for you so you didn't have to carry your luggage so you could go get your passport stamped and all this stuff. I remember all of us were just kind of like trying to get to the next thing and the next thing, you know, just whatever, get across the border. And my, I, I was like, where's my boss? Like, where's she at? And I look over, and the, the luggage cart that we had put all of our luggage in, um, there was a, a mom that was pushing that cart, a, a woman that lives in poverty. She was pushing that cart across the border, and she had a little boy in the back that was sitting on top of our luggage. It was really cute. And my boss was there, and she was like in, you know, she can't speak the language, but she was just talking to this mom and relating with her. And then she was just saying, basically just saying, is your, is your son okay? He looked kind of sick. And I'll never forget, she went over, and she, she put her hand on the little boy's head. The rest of us, again, are still just trying to get through to get to the other side. And my boss says, she has stopped for a kid in a cart. We weren't even to our ministry place yet. All of us were focused on getting to the place where we were going to start ministering. But she had already started. This is a woman who remained connected to the vine. It wasn't just all about her. It was about giving this out as well and touching this little boy's life. And that stuck with me. That memory stuck with me. You know, the scripture that we just read says, if you do this, if you remain with me, you can ask whatever you want and I will give it to you. My, my former boss, she prays. She asks God, God, would you do a great work here in Cambodia? And do you know that that ministry just continues to expand and expand and reach more and more people? This is what happens when we remain with God. We stay connected to the design that he made us. Amen. I want to pray for you this morning that we can make this real and practical in our lives. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you have made it possible for us to remain in you. Lord, I'm just praying over Kalos Church in this moment that we would take seriously the daily office. We would take seriously this two, three, four times a day to pause and to be with you. I see all over my church, God, people who are committed to becoming emotionally healthy people, spiritually healthy people. So, Lord, I pray you would you bring to mind the daily office. You would help us take seriously the weekly rhythm of honoring the Sabbath. Lord, we ultimately we honor you and we love you, Jesus, in your precious name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.